time for Flames Unfiltered, your spot for Calgary Flames Hockey Talk. Who are the Calgary Flames? A cup contender or a massive failure? Good evening and welcome to another edition of Flames Unfiltered, hosted by Brad Brood and Kyle Lewis. Kyle, how was your day going so far? Not bad. I mean, actually, I was thinking this earlier. I'm kind of, kind of enjoying this break from the Flames. Are you? Well, just because I think, just because I think they need it. So I, we'll, I do, uh, we'll, we'll get into that obviously, but I do yeah. too. It's a weird. Like, we are in the middle of this. What is CBA slash All Star break? Nine days off. Uh, I liked yeah. it the first couple of days. I'm not going to lie. I did. I felt like we needed a break and I felt like I freaking needed a break. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hurting the head. Eh? <laughs> yeah. It's been an, yeah. How, how's, your, how's your day going? Anyway, I didn't even ask you. It's good. It's good. It's yeah. it's, it's good. I, I just, I feel like, do you feel like this break's going on forever though? Like I could use a game tonight. I, I could use a game tonight. Like I'm about due at this point, but it's, it's, Again, just because the way the team's been all year, it's I think they need it. And I saw a bunch of social media pictures, of course, you know, the guys are in the a bunch of them in the Caribbean or wherever they are. And it's like I'm kinda like good for them to step away. That's probably healthy for the mindset coming back, but when they come back, like what what's the stat this year? We haven't won more than three games in a row. Is that no, right? We have not won more than three games in a row. That's crazy. So no, like, no, 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 no. We did to start the year. Oh to yeah. Start yeah. The year. That, well, yeah, Since exactly. Then. Yeah. Wait forever ago so since then i gotta come out of this break and and rattle off a few but yeah i'm just to your point i'm kind of like all right yeah i could i could definitely take a game at this point but i'm okay i'm okay waiting until monday so you know i see these pictures of the guys in the caribbean having a a fun time and i'm and i'm jealous but (laughs) do you think it's a good sign i mean i do and i i do i'll preface my statement by saying i i like it i like that our team goes and does stuff together when they don't have to yeah, well, and that's been the the case for the last little while with this this group that they're really close knit, which which I think is awesome because I know some people like would shit on them for you know you know being in the on a beach somewhere and drinking and doing whatever they're doing, but I mean, um, I, I think it's healthy. I mean, this whole mentality and Sutter's been kind of criticized this before about just your life being hockey. Like, it doesn't work for any of us, right? This is a job for them, and they, they need to do a better job of it. But uh, stepping away, it's no different than you or I taking a vacation, as far as I'm concerned. No, I, I just, I don't know. It looks like they're having a blast. It looks like, I don't know, I think it's good when teams do stuff together. I understand some of them, you know, obviously you're going to get the guys that don't have kids all off together and you're, you, yeah. know, you, you know, I'm sure the ones that have kids are at Disney World or are or, or, or making the most of the time with their kids because they're away from them so much during the season. But uh, it's fun to see that. I, I Yeah, absolutely. I like it. I You know, yeah, one I'm problem cool. I've had during this break, though, is I watch a lot of hockey at night. Um, once uh, I get everything settled in my life, I uh, I sit down and I and I watch hockey because that's all I do. <laughs> but <laughs> it, this week I've ha- I've had a struggle. There hasn't been many games. I watched the Kings play the other night. Um, who the heck were they even playing? It was a great game. Oh no, Carolina and the Kings. I watched. Yeah, and yeah. Carolina came back and and won in overtime, which was a freaking great because we need that point big time. But I was just. That was a good game, but that's really the only game I've watched all week. And I've had yep. to watch some shows on TV at night that I was like, what am I doing watching this? <laughs> and I, I'm not a big TV guy. 
I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not either. A little more so than I used to be in terms of certain series or shows, whatever. But generally, it's hockey for me and very little other sports. But I watched a bit of the Bruins and Leafs last night, and that that was pretty good back and forth tilt. So for for a bit anyway. But um, it's different when it's. I think it's really good actually to watch teams that you're not a fan of. Yeah. It, it gives you a better appreciation for the sport. You can kind of see what your team's maybe missing. You can see how they stack up against potentially against other teams. So I think it's good, but the, the CBA mandated break, it's still, still an adjustment. As much as I say, I enjoy it. It's still like, it's weird, right? I don't even think the players like it. I really don't. I would, I would love to ask that question to a hundred players and just take a survey and an yeah. anonymous survey. I would bet most of them would say, no, let's just get the season done. Yeah. I mean, the COVID break last year obviously seemed to do wonders for the Flames, so the hope is obviously that this will do something similar. But, but yeah, that lack of continuity, that stepping away, I think can also be an issue. It's like, okay, you know, off mini off season, like a week is over. Let's get back at it. And yeah, we'll see there. We'll see how they come out of it today. We got a lot yeah. to talk about on the show. Uh, two games to discuss: the Blackhawks disaster. We will cruise through that, and the Kraken game, which I thought was kind of a, geez, I don't know, am I going too far saying that was kind of a masterpiece for the Flames and. And we'll roll on, discuss some Flames news, some call-ups, Wranglers, injuries, Shillington. um, Flames fans get their wish. Pelte to the second line. We've definitely got to talk about that because Kyle and I were talking a lot about that in the weeks prior. Uh, The big question, who are the Calgary Flames? You know, I look at us, this team at at the All-Star break, and I don't know. We could be a cup contender, and we can miss the playoffs. So we're going to talk a little bit about where we think the Flames are and who we think the Flames are. And then we'll wrap with an all-star preview, a preview of the one game coming up at Madison Square Garden in New York on Monday night. Jam-packed show, Flames Unfiltered. All right, two games to recap. We'll quickly go through those. The Blackhawks game. Whew, that was a disaster. Yeah, let me take the lead on this one, if I may. Yes, please what, do. D- disaster is probably the best word to sum that up, but how were you feeling watching and thinking about that game afterwards? Because like, for me, I don't know that I've been more frustrated at any point this year. I was more frustrated for some reason, I don't know why, in that Blues game earlier this year. Oh, um, uh, yes. Yeah. That one pissed me off. Um, this one... This pissed me off in the fact that I felt like this was um, a stepping stone game to turn in the right direction before we went into this break. And, yeah. you know, Markstrom's in net, and he gets beat short side for the first one. And I was like, damn it, is this ever going to end? <laughs> like, are we? Yeah. is this one goal a night BS ever going to end with him? And I, and I love Markstrom, and I'm a huge fan, and, and I do think he'll get it back together. I, I really, really do. Mm-hmm. But at this point right now, when points are to premium, we just have to ride Vladar. We just have to. Well, yeah, I mean, to. he's the one, you know, collecting them, obviously, lion's share of the points for the team. But I also think that the times they have leaned on Vladar, which has always been very incremental, a couple games maybe, they got to do it longer. Not just because Vladar has been better, but because I think Markstrom resetting his game is not happening no. with these, you know, two or maybe, I don't think this has happened, but like three game breaks for him. Like he we, basically, unless you have a back to back, I think he's got to basically ride the pine for a week, you know, see what you have in Vladar in terms of starting potential, but also get Markstrom just to step back a bit because he's not turning his game around to this point. 
No, I think we'll see a little. Maybe I, I wouldn't mind getting Markstrom in pretty quickly after the break to see where he's at because this whole play sure. is yeah. a reset. So, but, but what a, what a game to fall flat on your face. I mean, that was oh. horrendous. Two losses to the Blackhawks, and you know, just over a week. Like it was. There's just no, I mean, and they always say, you know, a lot of times good teams will lose to bottom feeding teams. There's a lot of parity in the league. You make it all excuses you want, but that was just abysmal. Oh. Like just abysmal. Ugh. The Hubert O goal was a highlight real goal. That was a, oh yeah, that was an yeah. amazing goal. But then Chicago scores three straight in the third. And I don't know. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be pretty critical of this guy in this episode. Noah Hannafin was God awful. Yep. And. Yep. I, I just I don't even know. It was just it was just a bad bad game, and then the very next night the team is on a plane heading to Seattle that night after the game, and they play Friday night. And I, I agree. Everybody talked about after the Blackhawks game, hey, they, they, they'll be so much better tomorrow night against the Kraken. Well, I don't know how that couldn't be a true statement because I don't think you could be that bad again, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Although they were pretty pretty good in Seattle, Vladar gets the start. Tanov out again. Um, Gilbert was in. I don't. He does fine. I I, I think he does fine. Um, yeah, he's a pretty good depth option. I, I I didn't know what to make of him, you know, in training camp and the first game or so that he came up. But yeah, he, spot duty. He he does just fine. I don't think you can ask much more than what he's done. Uh, second night of a back to back, which. That used to scare me. Does not scare me with this team for some reason. I, I feel like we're good on the second night of a back to back. I should look up our. Yeah, been for quite some time, yeah. But yeah. we have. I, I feel like we've we've been good. Uh, Seattle scores first, big shocker, and then yeah. Calgary rolls off three. And I thought uh, just an all around as close to a sixty minute game as we've had all year. Uh yeah, yeah. I would say so. And I mean, against a team that has a surprisingly a lot of scoring depth really strong team game like good transition game so um i don't really think you could ask for a much better performance than what they put out and i think it's really important to have a statement game like that going on the break like you know we're not as bad as we looked against the blackhawks last night um that that's how i took it anyway but yeah it was the game was much more tilted in calgary's favor than i would have expected i wasn't shocked they won as you said about being good back to backs but they really they really controlled that game quite well and a yeah, I can't believe we're saying this. We're sitting here saying how good a Kraken team has been this year, but but they have been. They they truly have not been. Real. We we can't leave out the fact that Maddie Beniers did not play, and uh, that's a good point. Yeah. He's been a dynamic rookie for them, and just I don't know. He's he's been the one rookie this year that I've watched and thought, holy cow, that that guy's very a very impressive player. But all in all, a good game. Flames come out with a five to two win, and they head into break. The question is now, heading into break, we kind of got our wish. Kyle, we got our wish. Uh, yeah. Jacob Peltier moves up to the second line in the – it was in the Blackhawks game. We saw him move up to from the fourth to the third and then a, played a couple shifts on the second line and then Seattle game, he gets the slot. We've all in Calgary been wanting um, next to – to Kadri and Huberto. And all in all, I thought it's been pretty good. Very good. Puck goes in the right direction every time he's on the ice. His uh, his shot volume's been good. Where he's shooting from has been good. I mean, the points are going to come very shortly for him. Um, still a bit of an unknown, I think, what he's going to be. But he was looked very, very good alongside those two. Very good. So Daryl Sutter 
as a probably his best and longest press conference the morning of the Seattle game. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know. I was traveling that day, and I, I listened to it in my hotel room, and I thought, "Holy cow!" Okay, I just felt more comfortable after it. He talked just in a much more calming about the whole about the whole team, and not and not just the prospects, but. He, he he had a lot of good things to say about Jacob Peltier and Walker Dewar. And yep. Thankfully. <laughs> you, you, okay, what do you think the reasoning behind that that conference was? Because I, I, I know everything Daryl Sutter, Sutter says is, um, I don't know if, I, if predetermined is the right word, but you know what I'm getting at. It's, it's, it's well thought out. Yeah. Obviously, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit of not pressure from management, but maybe a talking to about, I know he's just trying to troll. I believe he's trying to just troll the media. Some of his comments. I think so to too. Things. I don't think he's trying yeah. to piss his players off. I think he probably goes into the room and says, don't listen to a thing I say on this. I'm just trying to calm the, or I don't know. Stir yeah. The and then you have other, you have ex players like Mike McKenna will chime in and, and no disrespect intended to those guys, but they always chime in and say, Oh, players don't like this or players don't like that. Or I played for Daryl in this. And it's like, Okay, you know, it was years ago, different team, different personnel. Like, I don't, I don't want to assume anything about it, but I think it was only a matter of time before Daryl had a, a press conference where he was much more honest and transparent about how he actually sees these players. So that whole thing with, with Pelche after his first game was, it, it was ridiculous regardless of intent. It just didn't come across right at all. And I think he was either asked or realized that, you know what, I, I, I owe it to these guys to be a little more fair to them in my, my public assessment of them. I think. I think he might have even did some reflecting after that one and thought, yeah, why am I playing the game so much? Yeah. Yeah, I think he kind of gets goaded into it because he's one of those guys that, that likes to play with the media, right? But there's a line there that it might sound kind of heavy-handed to say a line, but, yeah, he kind of crossed it a bit, and it's like, you know, just reel yourself in. That's just don't say anything at all if you don't want to talk about it, right? Those comments. I thought he was, just say I thought he was okay. You know, leave it at something simple like that. Yeah, that that good. Uh, that, that, what number was he? <laughs> that pissed me off. Yeah, um, pissed a lot of people off. It did. I, I, but, but I kind of take what he says in his pressers with a grain of salt too. In the fact that, like I, I've heard, and I and I have a hard time believing that he's that way in the locker room because um, you you hear so many ex players say that they have a ton of respect for him. Yep, and there's some who have you know. I think Dan Carcillo comes to mind and has a, a history with certain coaches and, and has had some issues with them. And I think he's mentioned Daryl Sutter, but I, I don't know if, if that's more just in line with what he's experienced with other coaches. And he felt Daryl kind of fit that vein where maybe he didn't quite so much, or maybe Daryl's just, you know, evolved as a person as we all do. And has kind of calmed down over the years, however you want to look at it. But well, I think Daryl Sutter's an honest person. And I think some people in this world can't handle hearing honest well, you know what? I like his honesty for the most part. Um, I don't like John Tortorella's. I think he's just a flagrant douchebag with a lot of things that he says because he's just disrespectful to the media and they have a job to do. Like, I don't yeah. find Sutter's anywhere near quite like that, but I think he does a decent job generally of riding the line between being accessible to people and giving honest assessments, but also trying to keep things behind closed doors and, and you know, making jokes at certain people's expense just to kind of play with the media. So I, there's a line there that he actually, sometimes, like I said, he steps over, but generally yeah. he does a pretty good job. I, I, I would agree with that. Where do we go with this line? Does this, does this line stick coming out of the break? Hubert Okadri and Pelche? Yeah. 
Uh, I, well, yeah, I mean, I, it hasn't really gotten any road yet as far as I'm concerned. What are your thoughts on it? I hope it does. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not, what, what's the alternative? Okay. You don't want to go back to Lucic. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more low key about the prospects than you are. Um, I think that's one of our differences and maybe one of the things we somewhat butt heads on, but yeah. I'm also, I will admit, I, I like, I like how he's slotted in. Um, yeah. do I think he's a top six winger right at the moment? Probably not, but I don't think Dylan Dubé is a top line winger either. So, and I, when I look at our lines, I don't really look at our lines as one, two, three, four, really either. I look at um, kind of one, two, and then three, four. But our yeah. third line has actually probably been our best all-in-all line. They're the best lines in the league. But they fit a role. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I th- yeah, absolutely. I think he fits there. I like what I've seen so far. To be honest with you, he's been better than I expected. How about that? For someone who feels as you do about versus how I feel, I should say about prospects. I think that's a that's a pretty positive. positive I, thing I, to, say. to be honest with you, I'm excited to watch him. I'm excited. Yeah, like, well, that, that's part of evaluating young players, right? I think okay, and I'm not I'm not ripping the obviously I'm not ripping the Calgary market. I'm part of it. But I, here here's one thing that I see though. I see. I see. Canadian markets especially get like over pumped for their prospects. And oh, I'm and I'm tremendously. not I'm not saying that we shouldn't be excited for our prospects. Hell yeah, we should. But yeah. we we get this notion in our head that the prospects going to show up and it's going to be wham bam, we got freaking two points every single night out of him and he's a stud and everything's going to be great. And I don't think that's the expectations we should have because I think we sour a lot of good players with those crazy fan expectations. So the only, the only players that are worthy of that expectation, not you shouldn't say worthy of, but who are going to hit those expectations are like guaranteed or guys like Connor McDavid, Connor Bedard when he comes in the league. Like Alex Lafreniere was figured to set the world on fire too in New York when he came to the league and he yep. hasn't done that. No. And now you know there's talk about him maybe move somewhere else for a fresh start. Like there's so few guarantees, but you're 100 percent right. Any Canadian market, like there's just so well. There's there's two issues. One is, in my opinion, the guys don't get called up soon enough to give them a chance just to get a few shifts in a cup of coffee as they call it in the league. Um, and then on the flip side is all the pressure of oh you got to call them up you got to call them up like when we talked about Matthew Phillips like yeah. It's really hard to balance that, especially in a market that is just so, in Calgary in particular, actually so starved for prospects getting legitimate playing time. Like we talked before about Sven Berchi when he had three goals in five games. Like everybody's losing their minds, and now he's, I don't know, playing in the Swiss League or something. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not that I don't want prospects to succeed. Hell, we need prospects to succeed. I just think that, and you just touched on it, we, we've had so many years. Like think about our draft. If you look back to our drafts all the way to the early 90s, we have not as a franchise drafted particularly well. And honestly, terribly in a lot of cases, our draft picks that have actually worked well have been in recent history. Majapan, I mean, it's yeah, been Anderson. in recent history that we've had good ones. I mean, we got the most successful pick. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, but the most successful pick, apart from the guys that we just mentioned, Majapani, Anderson, uh, Shillington, um, Obviously, Gaudreau, where he's gone now, you'd have to go back as far as like Michael Backlund in 2007 yeah. for a guy who was like a legitimate, 
you know, top nine great. He's, I was looking at his stats of the day about how the guy is like a dead ringer for the Selkie right now. If you look at defensive metrics, like he's unreal, but all the guys like remember guys like Eric Nystrom and, and guys like who him. carved out a place in the league, you know, had a, a role to play for a few years, but were never like they were drafted way too high or mismanaged. I mean, then you go further back than that. Like I said, you think about who we have in the nineties, Derek Morris was a really good defenseman. Uh, Denny Gauthier had a really good career. But they're so remember, like, Sunblad. Oh. Rico Fata. Yeah, the fastest guy to ever put on a fair skates. Right? <laughs> I mean, we had a lot of and, guys that's like Daniel Kachuk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, no, all these old St. John Flames an hour and a half from my house, right? I yeah. mean, I grew up on those guys. And but yeah, they were so, so terrible drafting. And right up through the Daryl Sutter as a GM era, like it was always loading the team with as many veteran bodies as you could get and suppressing, you know, young players. So yeah, the team's traditionally been terrible at drafting and developing. I, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I look at our prospect pool right now, and quite honestly, I think we got a few good ones, you know, but I wouldn't say we have a ton of good ones. So I think it's good that Sutter's got these veterans in there. But like I said in last week's episode, we can't flood the market with so many veterans that are on one-way deals that we we, we don't yeah. have any room to call people up. Because I, I think I think Pelche is, um, I don't know, from me who had – I don't want to say low expectations. I had probably realistic expectations. I think he's, um, I think he's done pretty well, and and I'm excited yep. to watch him. And I I look forward to the team coming out of the break just to have that kind of that youth infusion. And I think, you know, I think maybe we're also overlooking the impact that Walker Dewar's had. Uh, I keep thinking about that that five hole goal that he scored. What a great shot that was. Yeah. Um, and again, he's a guy like I keep liking the Garner Hathaway, but I mean, he looks like a guy that can play regularly in the NHL. And I, I'm thinking now after your comment just now about going back to 08, 09, I think before they get into the playoffs against Chicago, they had to dress like 16 or 17 skaters because the cap, they couldn't fit any more in. Like it was just, like, you really want to avoid that when you overload the bottom half of your roster with, uh, with guys on one way deals, older players or Trevor Lewis's of the world who were fine. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. When you do that, I mean, when's the last team that did that, that won a cup, that didn't, you know, infuse some good young players into the lineup, right? LA Kings. No, just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going back quite a ways, too. But you're not wrong with that. But, I mean, even you go back as far as, you know, Colorado in the early 2000s, and they had guys like Adam Deadmarsh, Alex Tangay, Chris Jury. Like, they, they, good teams always seem to fit in those younger players into specific roles, not necessarily well, a top six role. But I mean, you can rewind just in, in Flames history. In, in 89, when we won the Cup, we infused a, a young Theo Fleury that year who yep. found a role and, and put up points and was, when you look at the, the playoff run, could you, could you be any more integral to it? I mean, some big, big goals from a, from a, from a young player. So... Um, yep. I, I do. I agree. I think it's really important. And, and in today's cap world, where you can only have so much dollars, uh, you, we're going to need some of these prospects that are making this league minimums to, to be successful for this team to well, win. If they have injuries too, right? Yeah. You know, if Trevor Lewis gets hurt, you know, God forbid, or, or Lucic or anybody in, on that roster, and in the bottom half of the roster, you have to have guys who are capable of stepping in. If they never played a game in the league, well, that's a lot more precarious to insert them than if okay, he's been here and played ten games. You know, it's not the end of the world. We're going to plug him in and let him go. Yeah, yeah. I've had so many people over this break ask me, like, who are the Flames? Like, what are we going to see from them coming out of the break? And I, I've had a hard time, to be honest with you, answering it because I look at this team and I think we 
really could be, and I, I know people are probably going to give me hate mail for this, but I, I do believe we could be a cup contender. But I also feel like we could miss the playoffs, and that's scary, but it's it's the scary truth. And there's a lot of questions as we come out of break uh, and I, that really have me kind of intrigued on, on where, where this team goes. Well, yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I mentioned, I think, on the show before, but, like, the Bruins just destroying the league for the most part. But the reality is is that a lot of these teams cool off leading into the playoffs or coming into, you know, a playoff round, and that could happen to them. We've seen it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. You know, Calgary in past renditions of the team, they've um, got hot at the wrong time, so to speak. I mean, it's good to have a big winning streak to get you into the playoffs, but you go in there cold and you're not going to get very far. So maybe this is this is where I agree with your point about they could actually be a cup contender if they get hot at the right time, but at the same time, they have so many stops and starts in their game all year it could absolutely go either way. To me, it's a, it's a total coin toss. I don't think they creep in and go out in the first round. I think they, they creep in or, or make it somewhat comfortably and have a decent run or they miss. Right now, as we're on break, the Flames are currently um, on the outside looking in. They're in the third spot in the wild card race. So Colorado and Edmonton hold those spots. So they are tied with Colorado in points, but have played two more games than Colorado. So, and then win percentage, we're, we're out too. So, but we're right there. I look at the Pacific Division, and I see Seattle leads it with 63. LA is right there with 63. Now, LA has played three more games than everybody, four more than Seattle. That's not going to help them. Vegas is suddenly injured and beat up, and who knows what's happening with them, and they're 2-6-2 two, and two in their last 10, heading downwards. The Flames are literally we're six points from first place. Yeah. Which is a lot of ground to make up, but still not a crazy distance at all. I don't think it's crazy at, at all. And then I look at the schedule, and um, according to Money Puck, we're the second easiest schedule down the stretch. I've looked at it. I've studied it. I like the schedule. There's a lot of four games in one week thing, but... But does that does that not worry you, though, too, knowing this is a team that face-planted twice against a team like the Blackhawks? Yeah, but... I, Okay, yes, it does. But but Kyle, on, on the flip side of this though, if I showed you a schedule that was had a bunch of Avalanche games, Winnipeg Jets games, uh, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "Oh crap, I don't want to take." You take this schedule over that one, no, even with our history. Yeah, yeah that, and that's and that's fair too because like the team, those stronger teams are going to be stronger after the All Star break because that's yeah. how they're built. That's what they've traditionally done. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to be said with that. I mean, even teams like Seattle, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be that good after the break because this is so new to them. And of course, you know, missing Matty Beneers like they did, they could regress a bit. I was listening to a couple uh, radio shows yesterday or the day before, I can't even remember, but, um, they were talking about Seattle and they were talking about their shooting percentage and they were talking about all these metrics that are like, is it crazy high? The shooting percentage? Oh, it's ridiculously high. And, yeah, see, that's going to that's gonna regress to some extent anyway. And there's just so many metrics that are working against them in the yeah. final 20. So, or in yeah. the final 30, excuse me. So, I mean, we can we can roll the dice however you want to roll it and, and find the good in every story. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, it's in the hands of the Flames. And I, and I believe we could finish first, and I believe in our division, I believe we could finish out of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, 
there's a couple things that I like and a couple things I, that concern me had no. The goaltending is, is one of them. Um, we're the only team through 50 games to not have a shutout this year, which... Yeah, we've talked about that. It's still just mind-boggling. Yep. Dan Vladar is 10-0-3 in his last 13 appearances, which is a... It ties a club record for the longest point streak of a goaltender. Mike, Mike Vernon and was it Brian Elliott? Yeah, Brian Elliott. Unbelievable. What a cool stat. Good for him. You know, that's a really cool stat. It is. And, and you know, we hear so many people say, well, you know, they're just not giving Markstrom the run support. They're not giving him the run support. And, and I, I agree, they're not. But you know what? You yeah. call it whatever you want. I don't really know what it is or why it is. Or I believe it's dumb luck. I don't think they're not, they're not playing hard for Markstrom. I don't believe that at all. I'll tell you, yeah. I think it's just the way the ball's bouncing this year. And you ride it. Damn it, I don't care why it is. You ride it. Well, and also, I don't really buy much into the players giving a damn or playing differently, depending on who the goaltender is. Unless it's like a rookie goaltender. Like, the Flames have two good goaltenders. So, you know, the whole talk about run support to me, like, I don't think there's any meaning behind that. I just think Vladar has made, you know, more high danger saves than maybe Markstrom has and has been generally yep. more consistent. So I don't think that's a reflection of the team's play. I think it's on the player. Markstrom himself has said he hasn't been very good. So I, I just think, I mean, Markstrom's had some stages where he has been decent, but then he, oh, has, he made a couple he, highlight real saves this year and he's, he's had a few games where he was, he was excellent, but his consistency has not been there, which is why I'm advocating for that he sits a little bit more down the stretch. He, he's letting in one a night that he, that he wants back. And I think he'd admit that. And, and that's not a no recipe, recipe for success. Now, I'm interested to see how this break affects him, probably more than any other player on this team. And Yeah, well, he needs, he needs to reset more than anybody else. I mean, the only yeah. other one that's of any significant interest to me in terms of how they come back is a different situation, which is Chris Tanev and his injury. Me too. Because that's a huge factor going into what we may do at the trade deadline or you know how the defensive pairings are going to look. So, Which I guess, in a, in a way, that's kind of a nice segue into the whole Oliver Shillington situation because I don't think he's coming back at this point. I do not think Oliver Shillington's coming back. Um, I don't know why. Um, nobody, and that's the thing nobody knows. And I've, you know, I've seen a few tweets and a few uh, flame sites talk about it, and nobody under the sun, other than likely the team and Oliver Shillington and his probably friends and family, have any idea what the situation is. But now that we're thirty-ish games left, it's like I just don't see him coming back well, this year. And what's he going to come back like? Well, that's the that's the other question, right? What's his conditioning like? Has he been skating? Do we know any of that? I mean, no. I don't think so. And we, well, I, I did hear he was skating. Frank Saravelli, who I trust him for the most part, uh, yeah. I, 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 I do. I built a lot of confidence in, the, in things he reports. And he, he said he's been skating. Now, I don't know how he knows that, but he said he's been skating. Um, but at this point, okay, we, we can't lose sight of this. Okay, Shillington was really good for us last year. But we can't lose sight that we did not have him penciled in as a roster spot last year. He was going to be no. a washed-up flame that hit the road. Honestly, we all believed that at camp last year. Oh, I remember everybody thought that Valimaki was going to be the one that makes yep. the team, and then, uh, and then you know, and then he Shillington stepped up, played, and had a wonderful year last year. And about a year yeah. ago, right now, he went into the boards awkwardly in Minnesota. I don't know if you remember that. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really bad. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, we just lost one of our best defensemen. And thank yeah. goodness he didn't even, I don't believe he even missed a game. But like, that's how important he, he became. He missed some games later. I don't know if they were related to that, but yeah, he was yeah, he's in rough shape. I, I just, I agree with you. I don't think he'll be back, so I think we need to plan 
and they said that they were giving them through the through the month and that a determination would be made so i i expect as we come back from break we will have a lot more clarity on chillington and and, and we both with him the best and and i'm not yeah, the human side is a lot more important than the hockey side. Whatever the situation is, is, and there's always rumors and rumblings, whatever it is, whether he comes back or he doesn't, is is absolutely secondary to whatever's going on in his life. And But you know, he, uh, on the yeah, flip side of that, though, we do need to look out for the team professionally, too. Oh, yeah. oh it's like anything and, else. If you or I left our job tomorrow or we're injured or whatever may happen, I mean, you got to replace by committee or find somebody to fill that yeah. void for some length of time. And his mobility, his offensive skill, his skating are very, very sorely missed in my mind. So... You're not going to replace that with any player on the market that I'm aware of at this point, but, you know, that's a discussion a little further down the road. And as for the TANF injury, that probably is probably what I'm most scared of coming out of the break. Uh, Absolutely, as it should be. They're saying it's not related to his other shoulder injury, but and they're saying that he will be day-to-day coming out of the break. I don't know. I'm almost to the point right now. It's funny because... When we got Tanev, one of my Canucks friends, of course, just self-justifying said, oh, you can have him. He's injured all the time. And then he ran on, oh, went, yeah, on a, yeah. went on a run with Calgary and, and really had little to no injuries until late in the season last year. Yep. And this year, I, I don't know. I just, when I saw him go down, I'm like, oh, no. And I just, yep. I, did, I didn't have good feelings, and I, and I don't right now. Uh no, and, and I don't think any of us do. I don't want to see a situation like the playoffs last year where he got pressed into action when he absolutely should not have been playing. So I would sooner look for a short-term Band-Aid solution to try and get this team into the playoffs if he's going to be out long-term as opposed to sending out a 50% healthy Chris Tanev. Because not just for the team's sake, but for his own sake. Like There's still that hockey culture that makes you, oh, be a tough guy and push through injuries. Don't do that. It's stupid. It's really stupid. I, I couldn't agree more. So... Coming on a break, what would you do with the forward lines? What If you were Daryl Sutter, what would you do? Peltier stays where he is for now because we're still in the evaluation period there. The third line is amongst the best in the league. Yep. Um, and then I think Lucic, uh, so what Lewis, do you, and Duke the fourth line. Is that, what, is that what you do with the fourth line? Well, I mean, I'm still an advocate of taking Lucic out a bit down the stretch because I think he's more effective when he gets some rest. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's – that's how I'm looking at it right now. What would you say if, if I said this is who I have penciled in for my fourth line? If I was making the roster for Monday night, I'd have Lewis centering Dewar and Richie. Because Richie, yeah, Richie's healthy now, he's isn't healthy he? Back? Now. He should be back. I know. I know he was skating, so yeah, yeah. He's, he's an option. He's had a pretty decent year, so he's off I, IR. I'd be, cool I'd be cool with that as well. I'm also a fan at times of Adam Rzyska, but he's so inconsistent and not engaged in the play enough at times, which has always been the knock against him that. There's a spot for him there, second power play time for him, I think. But to this point, I don't see that he's no, – he I, hasn't shown enough game in, game out. And I know he's frustrated the hell out of you at times. I love his talent. Pisses me off because yeah. I think he's got all the talent <laughs> in the world. But he, yeah. but I, I don't see a want. And I think – I don't know how you create a want. I don't think you can well, create a want. if any coach can, I think it would be Daryl Sutter. Yeah, but, but I mean, we've went through this. He got his shot for gosh sakes. He was playing in the top – Two lines. He was in the second yeah. line for a while. Like, if yeah. that isn't motivation, I, I just, I don't know. I don't feel like this guy's ever getting over the hump. God, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I do, too. And, I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence about it as well. But, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, I just, I don't know. So, me and you had a little discussion about 
who we think has been our best players and who who's been our our worst players so far. Yep. And uh, I'm interested to see what you think uh, on this topic. And um, who do you think have been our our best players? Rasmus Anderson. Yeah, he's on my list. Yeah, no question. Um, I, it's funny. I thought about this, but now as we talk and I think more about, it, I'm like eh. Elias Lindholm for sure. Yeah. Uh, I want to say. I almost said Kadri, but I think he's kind of what we expected. Yeah, that's why I, um, I didn't put him in our. I put him in the. Yeah, the yeah he's right where he should be. Should I, be. I would say probably uh, to Foley with honorable mention to Dan Vladar. I put Anderson, which was a no brainer. I put to Foley, yeah. which I thought was a no brainer. And I put Coleman. And, and the reason I put yeah, Coleman is because he's playing the role that I want him to play. Perfectly. Yeah, and doing it very well. Perfectly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I got he's, him. He's a really underrated player. I, he doesn't get the credit that I think he deserves yeah. at all. Now, on the flip side, and we'll start with you to switch the order here, but your biggest disappointments, what do you got? Uh, Markstrom would be number one. That's a, that's a no-brainer, yeah. Uh, I hate doing this because I think his expect, his expectations were overinflated by everybody, but... Um, I still, I still think Huberto is still on the list. Um, I need, yeah, a, I need a little yeah. more. I need a little more. I well, we a- all do. There's been talk of like nagging injuries and stuff with him this year, and they didn't always necessarily keep him out of the lineup. But yeah, he's like, he's definitely been disappointing. Definitely. Yeah, I need a little definitely. more there. Um, yeah. I have. I also have Hannafin on the list. Yeah. And I didn't want to put Hannafin on the list. Right. But I, you know, he's a young defenseman still. He's played a ton of hockey. He, yeah, he's been in the league since he was eighteen. And that's easy to that's easy to overlook. Consistency, easy to forget, I should say. Consistency has just been a little, especially as as of late. And and I hope I, when I when I wrote that one down, I'm like, ooh, am I recency bias in this guy? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, probably a little bit, but still, no, he's he's definitely. Um, Definitely hasn't performed the way that the team would have hoped. And of course, I have Lucic on that, just because oh, these are my these are my honorable mentions. Lucic, but yeah. what did we expect? Um, I yeah, had fair. I had Dubé and Majapani penciled in, but I, I but I but I have asterisks next to both because they are both right. headed in the right direction by a mile. Yeah. Who do yeah, you? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Do you have the same guys? Markstrom for sure. That's an absolute no-brainer. And as we said, he would tell you that himself. Um, yeah, let's think. I also I do have Huberto, for, but again, with a bit of a caveat, like we just discussed. I mean, I I don't feel it's entirely fair. I don't, I don't think it was realistic to expect a player to switch. You know, basically switch coasts, leaders, switch conferences, and new coach, and that whole system, and a couple injuries, whatever. So he's on the list, but understandably so. Um. <laughs> Yeah, outside of that, because I go back and forth with a lot of these guys, but Majipani, he's been much better lately, but we really, really needed him to maintain his scoring pace from last year at the very least with, you know, in light of the guys that left, and he just hasn't done that. And again, he's improving. The points are starting to come, but, oh man, we could have used some of that in the first half. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited for the second half. Where do you think we need to be for points to be in a playoff spot? Putting so the, the cutoff? The cutoff in the West, you mean? Yeah. Okay, damn close to 100. I'm going to say 96. 
I put 95 down. It. <laughs> of course you did. You used to be able to do it around 90-ish. Yeah. And that was then, you know, then you get, I think 95 and up is the only way to do it now with any level of, well, even then it's not certain. I mean, a lot no. of teams wrote off points, but yeah. I do, I do like think that. this team gets in. I, I do. I, I think they get I, I do, too. I think they're too good not to, but in terms of what they do or how comfortably they get there, that's that's the debate, right? But, Kyle, like, look at this. So, even, I, and maybe I'm just being over positive on this. Would, what team would you fear, like, as a first-round opponent, what team would you fear the most? Or who would you think we couldn't beat? Because I think we could beat anybody. I, I was on top of her tougher game than yeah but haven't seen a lot of that yet no but we have the capability oh, nobody, of, nobody in the west that particularly scares me although the oilers are always a probably the oilers that scare me the most i can't believe yeah. i'm not mentioning the colorado avalanche i should be they're a wagon oh yeah well and they've had some injuries though too i mean they're obviously going to be up there but in terms of I, like we said last year i i would have thought that the flames would have matched up decently against the avalanche in the yeah. playoffs last year, and obviously that didn't happen. But that doesn't mean I think they would have beat them because they don't. But um, yeah, I don't know. They just the whole maybe it's the whole Battle of Alberta thing just freaks me out. That totally freaks me out. Yeah, uh, dating an is, is yeah makes <laughs> makes it tough. <laughs> oh, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Calgary yeah, Rang- Calgary Wranglers have been good lately. They lead the league Very with good. thirty wins. They lead sixty two points. Uh, they lead the league in 161 goals for, and they leave it uh, lead the league also in penalty kill too. So, man, oh man, that's good. That's good to see. And uh, let's just uh, keep moving. It's a lot there. of good veterans on that team. I mean, when you think farm team, they go oh, prospects perform really well, which is true. But there's a lot of good veteran pro hockey players, numerically low on that team. And of course, Dustin Wolf is the best prospect, uh, best goaltending prospect in the world right now. And I'll fight anybody to death on that one. And I would too. I want to touch on one thing with Dustin Wolf before we move on into into the preview next week. But uh, lots of you see a lot of Twitter talk and social media talk. I guess it'd probably be the best way to put it that people saying he's got to be on this team. He's got to be moved up onto this team. Yeah. Where where do More. you where do you lie on this? Somebody had argued. Might have been Mike Gould, I can't remember now, but somebody had argued to uh, get him a few starts down the stretch depending on where the team is in the playoff race. If they're not comfortably in or they're out, you know, get him in for a few games. And that's kind of where I sit on it because I think he's been so good at every level he's played that you need to bring him up and try him at that. But if the team is you know, fighting and fighting, then I think uh, I wouldn't do it this year in that, in that case. And, you know, If they make it in game 80 and you have games 81 and 82, we'll put him in for both. If, you know, rest both your both your other guys. What are your thoughts on that? Well, goalie's one position I definitely don't want to rush. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a great goalie. He's one at every level. Does his yep. size worry me? Yeah, but sure. not, any, not any more than I could find with any other goalie with glove speed or, or whatever. We, the guy was a winner. He, he wins at every level. Um, yeah, and so I think uh, trying, trying him out at this stage, you know, is exactly what you want to do. I'm, I'm not on board at all with these guys. You know, oh, trademarks and first of all, yeah. he has no discernible trade value right now but at I, this juncture. Anyway, but it doesn't make sense to just, you know, toss somebody out the door and expect him to excel at the, at the NHL level. Cause there's no reason at this point to believe that would happen. Okay. We know that Markson contracts probably going to get worse in the latter years. So what yeah. better way to progress through this? And you see what, you know, Dan Vladar has been a, a brilliant surprise and you, mm-hmm. you run with Markstrom and Vladar, obviously, this year and next year, and you kind of see where, 
where Wolf fits, and then you got to be making some decisions on Vladar. And then maybe Wolf comes in and Vladar goes out, and we use Vladar as a trade piece. But but fast-forwarding this and making a mistake would be catastrophic. Yeah, not only that, I think it's really poor asset management for people to sit there and say, oh, like, you know, you got to... You got to get rid of Markstrom because that, that's not feasible right now. The flip side is that if Dan Vladaris played well enough that you think you can get something for him and the team is going into some sort of a phase where it makes sense to have Dustin Wolf on the team, then Vladaris is the one you move. Yeah. You know, you, it, a lot of fans I find live in this world where it's like, oh, they want to have their cake eaten too. Well, we want to trade the goaltender that's underperforming for anything or to get rid of his contract. Well, you can't do that no. unless you retain a ton of salary. So to me, it just. It's just this dream-like thinking. It's like when people make trades on their Xbox and they go, oh, I'm going to look at this trade that I made. It's like, yeah, in the real world, that's never going to happen, so give your head a shake. Yeah, and I do. I honestly believe Markstrom will come back, and, and, and heck, he could be our savior down the playoff run. I, I would. If, if you told me in April we're talking about Markstrom stealing games in the playoffs, I'd be like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to remember that. I, I mean, I you're would. You're going to look like a rock star on Flames Twitter if you're right, so I'm going to remember that. All right, well, that's... Uh... You you don't forget that one. My predictions don't usually come true, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> I'm not going to get by me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Back to preview what, what this weekend ahead. Get all your Flames Unfiltered podcasts, team news, team updates, and highlights at flamesunfiltered.com. It is All-Star Weekend, Ugh, probably my least yeah, favorite weekend <laughs> of the year. We'll quickly touch on that. Five Mountain Times Friday night skills competition. I have not seen uh, the breakdowns on who's doing what. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to see in, on, on where Kadri lies there. Saturday, I can tell you that's the only part I'm going to watch of the All-Star Weekend is the skills competition. Me too, and I probably won't watch the whole thing. I'll probably watch highlights. <laughs> Fair enough. All-Star game Saturday, one Mountain Time, uh, Central versus Pacific, two Mountain Time, Metro versus Atlantic, and I'm assuming three Mountain Time for the championship. Calgary's lone representative is Nazem Kadri, and, you know, that got me thinking last year. Who was our representatives last year? I thought maybe it would be a bunch of them since we were really, really good last year. It wasn't. It was Johnny Gaudreau. That was our only one last year, and I must have been – couple years prior to that when i believe in st louis we had a couple guys i think kachuk was there and yeah in st louis that would have made sense too yeah for sure uh yeah one game to preview calgary at uh the new york rangers on monday night that seems like a long time from now but um, that is our next game so um, first hopefully see adam fox with another disallowed goal and a flame shutout I, i will forever cheer against him so won't we all First of two meetings between the teams. Uh, they play again on February 18th in Calgary. New York Rangers are currently third in the Metro with 62 points. Eight points or eight wins. Or excuse me. Yeah. Points in eight of their last ten is the best way to put that. Yeah. So pretty hot team. For sure. Yeah, be a good test. Who do you start coming in? Marks from Vladar. Oh, Vladar. Vladar. I give Marks a little bit more of a break. Try him later in the week. That's a tough decision, though. It is. We'll be we'll be texting about it on Monday. I'm I'm sure. I know we will. You know what? You put Markstrom in, and he steals a game. It just starts everything off good again. You know. So I I don't know. It's a, that's a tough one. I I'm not sure where we go with that. But I don't know. Vladar's probably the safer of the two as far as choices go. 
On next week's show, Kyle and I are going to be talking about uh, the return to Madison Square Garden for that game, of course. And then we're going to talk about uh, trade deadline. As, you know, we're a month away from NHL trade deadline. What should the Flames do? Who should they go after? Kyle and I will give our take on who we think the Flames should go acquire or if they should acquire anybody. <laughs> that, will well be, that will be the discussion. Check us out on flamesunfiltered.com. Kyle, have a great week. Enjoy the rest of your break, and uh, I will try too. You. you as well. We'll be in touch. Flames fans, enjoy the week. Enjoy the All-Star weekend. And you know what? Time away from the hockey arena. We'll be back. Yeah. Monday night is the Flames return against the Rangers. We are back next week for more Flames Talk, Flames Unfiltered. Have a good week, Flames fans. Connected Flames Unfiltered can be found on Twitter at Flame Unfiltered. Check out the Facebook page at Flames Unfiltered. Host Brad Brood is on Twitter at Brad Brood. And host Kyle Lewis is on Twitter at Van Lewis14. Like what you hear? Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Flames Unfiltered can be found on all the major podcast players. Want to watch the show? You got it. Check out Inside Edge Hockey Media Group for every show. Subscribe while you watch. Thanks for listening, watching, and interacting. Enjoy the hockey action. We call up play on! Yeah, baby! Play on! Yeah, baby! Thanks for tuning in to Flames Unfiltered. Check back for more action-packed Calgary Flames talk. This episode of Flames Unfiltered was copyrighted and produced by Inside Edge Hockey Media Group.